Hi everyone, my name is Alina and it's time for a new interview. Welcome back to Traveling Inside Out, a podcast about exploring the world within or out. I do want to emphasize the exploring the world within (laughs) because this is one of the main points that we talk about in this uh, next interview that I'm going to present to you. It was a, a different kind of interview just because it was my first time interviewing someone that I didn't know beforehand. I didn't know anything about the person beforehand. So my next guest actually contacted me after I asked online if someone wants to be a guest on my show. And so Janiji came, uh, uh, like he wrote to me and he said, let's do this. I was like, okay, awesome. I'm up for the challenge. Not knowing, again, not knowing exactly, like, of course, it's one thing when you are getting in touch with your friends or with at least some acquaintances, or as it was the case with Michelle, someone that I knew, I read about her, and I knew her videos, and I knew her work so well. Um, It's a difference when you have a person who wants, like, who has a story to tell, and you don't know anything about the person. So we we ended up having an amazing conversation and I do have to say that I feel like not lucky I feel blessed if I can say that that uh, I had the opportunity to talk with Janiji because believe me you're gonna be mind blown each and there each and there but yeah so enjoy and pay attention to the human family factor Hi, I'm Janiji. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm going to bring a unique perspective to today's conversation. I I have been so fortunate. I'm just a a human being like the rest of us, but I've been able to speak to tens of thousands of people worldwide. And and what that's done is it's sort of given me more of uh, of a perspective that allows me to see through so many different eyes that my personal perspective kind of ended up blending into to the totality of it. Understanding that as a human family, we have individually certain ideas and beliefs that we live by, but as a collective human family, it is amazing the number of pieces of puzzles that we can put together and see things through a much larger lens. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to share this with you, and I'm looking forward to just an amazing conversation. Thank you for joining me. Uh, so you were saying that you you have the perspective of a lot of people. How did you get uh, around that? So what was your background or why did you were you able to do that? Well, <laughs> I, I started off as a young pup in, you know, backwoods, Ohio, and a very many, you know, many years ago. I, I'm gray-haired, uh, you know, approaching towards 60. I've got, you know, I kind of look like Santa if you see me in person. And over the years, yeah, <laughs> over the years, I, you know, when I grew up, I, I had this certain mindset, this certain understanding and I went through life with that. And now and then I realized that a lot of those beliefs and ideas that I grew up with just really aren't true anymore. And maybe they weren't true ever. And it started really taking a toll on my life. And there were times in my life which was just a tornado, a disaster. And I started asking a question. Why is it that two people can go through the same or similar event and come out differently? Because if it's the event, then we should all end up having the same experience. But if there's a variable, it must be what we bring to it, which are our own thoughts and ideas. And so I started asking this question. And, and then it literally led me to speaking to thousands of people worldwide to get an answer. And today we are providing that knowledge that has been collected, that understanding that we have as a human family, greater than we have as an individual. And it has changed everything, the way I see the world, my enjoyment of it, how I see other people and the love and compassion. It's truly an amazing journey. And I'm really grateful to share this with you and your audience. 
Thank you again. <laughs> um, so let's just start, let's just get into it. Um, yeah. So what does comfort zone mean to you? Ah, so comfort zone has been a really interesting understanding for me because I feel comfortable. And when I mean comfortable, that means my ideas and beliefs are coming true. And so our mind body is naturally designed that we feel good when our beliefs come true. And it's, it's sort of an old adage from, you know, when we were kind of becoming human that if we go to grab that berry and it's unknown, our body and our mind sees that as an unknown and we get stress hormones. So it's kind of that, uh, maybe I shouldn't. And, and that's a natural instinctive thing that we have. But if we grab towards a berry that, that is known, then we kind of get the other shots of the feel-good chemicals going, yeah, that's okay, you can eat that. So our comfort zone, from what I understand now, is really based on the history that we have in our mind of things that have worked out versus things that have not worked out. So comfort zone really is this mental construct that we have of I grew up a certain way, I live a certain way, I think a certain way, and as long as that is playing out, then I'm doing really well. But our comfort zone becomes the uncomfortable zone when things start changing and we have to adapt. And now we have to get outside of that mental construct that we've lived in to adapt, to update to what's true now. And most people, and I know I was this way for 40 some years, <laughs> is that if I didn't like what was going on, then I made what was going on wrong, <clears throat> as opposed to realizing that my idea of wrong is only based on the construct that I have in my mind. And that if I could look at it a little differently, if I'm willing to go through that kind of uh-uh that we feel doing something new, what I'm really doing is I'm expanding that comfort zone, I'm expanding my experience of being human, and so really the idea of a comfort zone, and I'll use the word, is really more of a mental prison. It keeps us locked in to a set of ideas that might be true, and each one of us gets to choose that for ourselves. But what it really does is it keeps us locked in from travel, from experiencing new things, from meeting new people. And by sort of no longer living by that construct, it's given me a chance to just meet people and, and enjoy life so much differently than had I had stayed into that safe comfort zone that allowed, you know, everything, as long as it goes my way, I feel fine. And, and mm -hmm. I just don't see life that way anymore. Um, you were mentioning in your answer uh, the difference between things that work out versus things that didn't work out. Um, but do you think... Is it possible to also stay in comfort zone? So to not, uh, let's say, push the barriers, because you were mentioning the things that didn't work out, but that, in my opinion, at least means that those are things that like you tried and it didn't work out. When I believe that comfort zone rather is you don't even try. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's, well, that's sort of, yeah. So if, if we look at this, the way that I describe this, the way that I teach this is that there's stages of a comfort zone, right? You're born mm -hmm. and you're taught, you know, whatever your community, whatever your family, mm -hmm. whatever those ideas or beliefs are. And then everything's working. You're in a bubble of life, a bubble of information that those beliefs work. You know, it, it, it works. You watch the same type of TV shows. You believe the same type of things, you know, whether it's politics or religion, whatever that is, you, that's your comfort zone of ideas and beliefs. And then guess what? You turn 18 or 21 or 45, whatever it is, you finally move out of your parents' basement, you know, whatever that is, and you go out into the real world and you realize, my goodness, what I learned there doesn't really completely comply or, or work where I'm at now. And guess what? When I lived in that comfort zone, I lived in that original area, I didn't have to be taught how to adapt because there was no adaptation. There was no need for it. So now mm -hmm. I'm in another area and I don't know what to do. So what I try to do is I try to get the people around me to change to my ideas and beliefs because that way I'm comfortable as opposed to me understanding that I might need to adapt. So this is a phase. It's a, it's a, it's a complete 
phase of being a human being in that once I maybe adapt, maybe I don't, I get tired, I get worn out. So whatever the beliefs in this new area are working, whew, I just want to stay in this idea that I have now. It's a little different than before, but it's been hard. It's been difficult. And I found a safe way of living and existing. And then after a while, time changes. And even that needs to be adapted. And, and it's hard for most people because we don't believe, we don't believe that we're capable of adapting because we think we are the beliefs that we're living by. And if we change our beliefs, we think we're changing who we are. And it's just not true. And I also think that, I don't know if it's probably something that we are facing nowadays or it has been since forever, but I think we also don't have patience anymore. So as in, not patience as in to wait in line to, I don't know, for the bus or something like that. I mean, for us, as in you were talking about uh, changing, we don't have the patience for wherever, even if we change something in within us, sometimes we don't have the patience to wait for, for that to actually really develop. We are just like, okay, so I've done this now and I want it to happen now. And then if it's not happening, then I'm going back to my... Uh, I don't know, four walls or whatever that is, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you're, you're absolutely right. It's different for each. We all have our level, you could say, of, I, I, I don't know if I like using the word patience, but I know exactly what you're meaning. So if, if we were to look at patience as being how we utilize enforcer belief systems, right? EFB. Mm-hmm. So we have beliefs. And then on top of that, we have beliefs of what we're willing to do or not do to make sure the other beliefs come true. So we have a belief about something, and then we have a belief of what we're going to do. And, and those are ask, tell, force. I'll ask somebody to do something. I'll tell somebody to do something. I may even have to force them to do it. But either way, they're going to do it because I won't feel comfortable until they do. Mm-hmm. And so patience really has more to do with how or what we're willing to do to try and get somebody else to comply. So it's not patience, although we call it that name and and, and it's a beautiful word, but patience is really individual of how long am I going to wait until I tell them how, what do I need to do before I force them? And so patience really has more to do, not with the other person, whether they're going to do it or not. It has to do with our own internal beliefs of, you know, can I even feel comfortable if it doesn't change? Can I feel comfortable if the other person doesn't do as I'm asking? Because, you know, they have that right. So the more beliefs I have about how other people should do as I say or not, that level of patience goes down. The more willing we are to ask someone, tell someone, or force someone to do something, then that level of patience goes down. And all of that is happening internal within us, not the other person. Exactly. That was exactly my point. So tell me, why do you yes, travel? Yes. Why do you travel? Well, <laughs> I have, I, I love seeing the largest ball of twine. I, I, I was, I mean, these are little roadside attractions. I love meeting people that, you know, the average at least in the United States, the average American may not meet the, the small towns, the, the farm out in the middle of nowhere, the, the, that one beautiful rock formation or the sound of a bird. I love exploring. I think as a, as a human being, we're natural explorers. And the more we're locked in to our comfort zone, the more we're locked into our ideas about the world, I think the less we're willing to go out and see what's beyond that. And so I love physically exploring, but primarily I love being an internal explorer. I love learning about how my mind's creating reality, how those thoughts are then creating an emotion, and how if I'm not careful, I take that as actual reality versus my own personal experience of it. So I, I love to travel both inside and out. It's just, I, I love being an explorer. It's being curious. What a gift that is for all of us. Exactly. That's that's why I have done that name, this name for my podcast. Traveling <laughs> inside and out. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, you mentioning uh, traveling in within United States and seeing like 
little places or you know like a rock or a person or so on it's one of my dreams that i'm gonna go on a road trip in the united states i want to first like the idea would be to uh, have a road trip to see as many national parks that i can so since that this is a dream of mine have you already lived my dream by any chance <laughs> well i i don't want to be finished with that yet there's just too much i mean we're on a playground this big blue ball called earth i mean i don't yeah. think it's ever possible for any of us to see it all but i had an opportunity about, about 10 years ago not quite 10 years ago i was doing a book tour and i ended up buying an rv and my dog spirit and i took off for a year in an rv and just explored the western united states and, and i can't even begin to tell you how amazing it is to not know where you're going to wake up the next morning, to not know what you're going to see that day. It is truly a gift. And there is no comfort zone anymore. You're, you're completely gone because you don't know if you're going to have hot water for a shower that night, if you're going to plug in somewhere. It is, it is the most freeing experience that I've ever had in my life. And we're about to do that again here in a couple of years. And I just, you know, you don't have to go to that extreme to have that experience. And I, I just really recommend everyone to just pack a small bag, head out, don't have a destination, and, and just go see what you can find. Go explore. We used to do that as a kid. Go be a big kid again. I love the fact that you, you mentioned the keyword freedom because yes. this is <clears throat> something that I keep thinking about only when I travel. And to be fair, especially traveling by myself is when I feel the most free that I can ever feel. And it happened little by little, but then in my trip throughout South America for almost eight months, when I was hitchhiking, and as you said, like I wouldn't, I didn't know where I'm gonna sleep in the night, and it didn't, like it was maybe dangerous, but it was so exciting. And the freedom of like not knowing what the road is gonna bring, that's something that cannot actually be described. It just needs to be lived. That's how I see yeah, there's it. Some, yeah, there's some things that words, I, I don't care how many words are in every language, there's just some things that you have to have the direct experience of, and that is the only way to describe it. So I, 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 <laughs> great to meet another traveler. It's a amazing <laughs> experience, isn't it? And you're right, you just can't put it into words. No, it just like it doesn't matter how how much you're gonna explain to people how it was, or at least in my case, how amazing it was to finally be able to un, to communicate with people in their native language, or the emotion that I felt when I've seen a humongous glacier and so on. It's I cannot describe that in words. I can't show you pictures, but then it's still not the same. I can show you videos of me tearing up because I saw like an amazing waterfall, but it's still not the same thing. You need to go and live it yourself. And then again, everyone I guess is, is um, like has different things that I get emotional over, I guess. So like, okay, I'm being emotional over a waterfall. You don't need to be the same, but you're still going to find something out there in the nature, in a city, in wherever that is gonna be like, I don't know, it's going to be something that you won't be able to explain in words to other people. That's how I'm seeing it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, Joseph Campbell, what, what an amazing storyteller and teacher um, he was on mythology and understanding that there's a difference between what's called by elemental and folk. And mm -hmm. elemental is that aspect of each human being for empathy, for love, compassion, to just be in awe, to have a wow moment. Mm -hmm. And to see that waterfall, to see that sunset, to see that whale breaching out of the ocean, to see that baby born, to see those things that as a human family, we are, we are elemental, we are, we are each able to experience. And then the folk, which is our culture, which is our ideas and beliefs, and how that then plays into it. But being able to go somewhere, uh, as you say, uh, on your own, I love doing that myself. It gives us a chance to really be, for lack of sounding ironic, but really one with that experience. 
And I don't know of anything more precious than that. 100% agreed. Um, <laughs> I've just recently learned that actually my podcast is being listened 65% uh, from in United States. And since I have so many American listeners, I was wondering if you could say, uh, how do you make time or how should people who are working, you know, nine to five jobs, how can they make time for traveling? That's, that's a really good question. Actually, I get questions like that all the time that even though there's such a natural freedom within, within who we truly are, there's also the construct that we've built to live in a society, to have a car, to have a home, to raise our children, to, to do the things necessary for our physical survival based on the type of, you know, the society and the ideas and beliefs that we live by. So this is sort of what I found for me. And all I can offer is that from one human to another, I, I do the same thing. I, I do a lot of things for the work that we do, but I had to, had to. I had to schedule in time as important as sleep, as important as breathing, as important as making the revenue to pay our bills and to be responsible. I had to make sure that I set time aside for living, for think, exploring. Yeah, I think it's actually, uh, it's something based basically on how you prioritize yes. your entire life. Um, because as you said, like we, I do believe that in, in general, there are, uh, a lot of people that they really know how to organize their times, but on a general level, people tend to waste their time on things that don't necessarily matter. So I think if you prioritize better, you would be able to, uh, travel. And of course, not everyone can travel every weekend. Not everyone can travel every month. But if you really do want to travel, you would still be able to, by, just by prioritizing your life in such a way that you can still make time for going. And another thing, and especially in the United States, um, I keep hearing people saying that, yeah, but I don't have a passport. I don't, I can't travel outside. And I'm like, you are in an amazing country. Just go from one state to another. It's just, there are so many different things in within one country that like you don't need to go all the way across the ocean in order to explore whatever. You can do that in your country. You can start there. You can start actually in your city because I think this is such a common thing that people don't see most of the things around themselves because it's always the idea of like, yeah, I have time to do that. But then again, they never do it. Um, so yes, my, my, thing, my opinion is that if people can actually prioritize better, they don't necessarily need to travel really far away because that would consume much time. They can always just start in their own backyard, let's say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we if we understand that as a human family, we really communicate beyond words. I mean, I, I don't care where I go, who I meet, there is a way to communicate with that person beyond the language that we have. So if we get rid of, oh, I don't speak the language, I, I don't like certain types of foods, we get rid of all the things that we have in our mind that keeps us in that comfort zone, right? There's our, again, there's enforcer belief systems that we live by that would keep us from going out to do those things. So, you know, when it comes to travel, to me, travel is I'll walk a block away and I'll meet someone I've never met before. I can go to a restaurant and talk to somebody sitting at the table next to me that, that may be from another country or from another part of the United States, wherever that I've never met before. So to me, everything I do going to the grocery store is a safari. <laughs> I mean, if, if you live through the eyes that life is an adventure, then everything, you know, even going to work, being on the bus, everything is an adventure. And the moment you allow even the small things to be exciting again, because we forget about excitement. Instead, we're looking at stress. We forget about living. Instead, we look at responsibilities. And you can use the word, 
you know, priority. But to me, I, I, and that's a beautiful word. I really look at it. What's my main purpose here? Is I, am I just here to do the nine to five? Then I'll tell you what, there's going to come a point and I look back and I realize that I've really wasted those opportunities that I had to live. And so to me, it's really about just waking up inside and saying, listen, I have all these things to do. I have all these responsibilities. Maybe I have money, maybe I don't. Not needed. You can hop on a bus and go across town. I mean, right now I'm in Las Vegas. There are certain parts of the city that you could say is dedicated to this culture, that culture. And you can go there. The United States, the lower 48, the, the, the 48 are really 48 different countries. You go to San Francisco and there's different areas of the city, that culture here, culture there. You don't have to hop on a bus. You don't have to hop on a plane to travel. Literally everything we do is an adventure. If you really are open to seeing another side of how we can live as a human being. I like it you you were saying about uh, wasting opportunities because this is actually something that I keep saying when people around me keep asking me like how can you like how can you travel like why are you traveling so so much or like how can you go there and then immediately after you're going on the other side of like whatever and I'm always telling them because I can't afford wasting opportunities. <laughs> I just, I cannot because, and uh, this is something that I strongly believe in is that time is the only resource that we are really running out of. Everything else we can like basically make it back except time. So why should I waste an opportunity if I wanna go somewhere and the opportunity arrives and if it doesn't arrive, I'm going to make it happen if I really want to. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one of the problems I see, especially when I'm working with couples, is that, you know, we're so tied to the hip with, the, with each other. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But we are still a separate individual that if I'm going to go see a movie and a friend of mine or whoever I'm with doesn't, um, I, I want to go see that movie. It's not to not spend time with them, but there's something I want to go do. If I want to go try a new restaurant. Um, I had Moroccan food the other day. I'd never had it. What a mind-blowing, beautiful experience. And But that's life. If we think that we have to do, and you had brought this up earlier, traveling on your own, and that really is sometimes the best way to travel, not because we don't love the other person, not because we don't care, but because we want to have an experience that we know that's true for us. And at the moment, we're able to have both the relationships that we have with others and the relationship that we have with ourselves, and we're able to have both, then there's a freedom in that. It's not taken away from importance, it's not taken away from responsibility, but it is realizing that we each came here to have the best human experience that we can, and sometimes it's not always gonna involve other people, and that's such a beautiful gift, because let me tell you, we were born on our own, we're going to be buried on our own, and there's times in between that it's beautiful to live on our own, even if just for that day trip, or even just for that over here, or whatever that may be. These are the gifts that we give to ourselves, and the more we're willing to be whole within ourselves, the better we are when we're around those that we care the most about. I also uh, like to add to we are born uh, by our own and then we die. Uh, but then we are also, let's say, alone in our feelings. Because no matter how, mu how much you're sharing with others, you are the only, the only one who ever will know what you actually feel. And I think it's kind of the same related to traveling or whatever... Uh, thing that people would be passionate about but you're still alone in that no matter how much you're sharing you're still alone in that so then why wouldn't you do something that really makes you happy why would well, someone else to join you in your happiness it's amazing when you have someone to share it with but like you don't need someone else to be able to do something that you love I guess well, and I, and, well, yeah, and I think the deeper aspect of that is, is that when we feel love, right? Mm -hmm. When we feel love, if I love, say, I love you, or I love, you know, this other person, or I love my, my beautiful cat or dog, or I love my child, I love. 
when I say I love you, I feel love. And when I say I love me, I feel love. Our emotions are felt exactly the same regardless of direction, regardless if we're feeling it towards something outside of ourselves or for ourselves. We're feeling the exact same emotion regardless of direction. But we have been taught to only have love or certain emotions towards things outside of ourselves, never understanding that laughter and joy and wow moments and bliss, these are things that we feel even when we are alone and we feel them ourselves with the experience that we're having. And the freedom, real freedom, is unbinding ourselves with the false belief that these things are only things that we're supposed to feel towards others. When the mind and body, listen, the body doesn't know the difference whether the mind is thinking something outside of it or inside of it. Mm -hmm. The body is going to feel the same. So when you feel love, you feel love regardless of the direction. And when you can understand that, my goodness, what a, what a gift we give ourselves to realize that I love me, I love you, I still feel love. Now, if I hate you or I hate me, I feel hate. And we have to be really responsible in understanding how we really interpret things because we're going to feel it either way regardless of direction. And that's a gift to understand, truly a gift. Yes, but if I, again, I would say that it takes a, a long time to get there. It's not something that you just wake up in one morning and you're not like, oh, okay, now I got it. I'm okay with myself. I'm okay with being uh, by myself and so on. This is not something that comes just like that. I think this is something that people should actually actively work on. Well, if I may, and I would never, ever, ever disagree with the host, but I would also like, also like to offer this. Okay, perfect. <laughs> if, if we take time out of it, if we take limiting beliefs, it's going to do this, it's going to do that. We don't know what it's going to take until after it's done. Yeah. But, to pre, but to predetermine it's going to be hard. To predetermine it's going to be difficult. Remember I said that there's enforcer belief systems that we have that keep mm -hmm. other belief systems in check? Mm -hmm. Well, that's an enforcer belief system. I'd like to do it, but it's going to be hard. No, it's not. You're already doing it. You're already, you're already thinking and feeling. The insight is not time-based. How we change inside is not time-based. It's not baking cookies where time is part of the recipe. Mix mm -hmm. eggs and flour and cook for 12 minutes where time is part of the recipe. Time is not part of the recipe for change. It's an after effect. We look at how long it took, not how long it will take. And so when it comes to finding inner freedom, that inner journey, and this is the journey that I can speak very well on, the inner journey is there's no clock in our head. There's no time. It's insight-based. And once you have the insight, you'll realize that none of it was based on time. It was based on willingness to see things a little bit differently. And there's no clock in that. And so I just encourage all of us, including me all the time, of realizing that our inner world is insight-based and our outer world is physical-based. Yeah. There's a difference. Inside, there is no clock. You can make enormous changes very quickly. But for me, it took me, and I'll use time, it took me till 44 years old to even realize that there was an inner world that I should even be exploring. I'm 57 here in a couple, a couple of days. So I understand the time factor but it didn't take time to do it. It took time for me to realize that it could be done. If that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes, it totally makes sense. Uh, just out of curiosity, when is your birthday? Because mine is... <laughs> when is yours? Next week. <laughs> oh my goodness, mine's April 5th. So what, we're okay. about to start. <laughs> mine is 20th of March. So we oh have my goodness. Well, a happy soon-to-be birthday. And again, I, I love that, knowing that I've been around here for that long. But it's weird. I really feel I'm getting younger inside as my body is getting older outside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And since we were talking about um, age and all that, do you remember your first solo trip that you took? 
Oh, yes, yes. So, oh my God, I, I, I was reflecting on this the other day. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was 15 years old, I was able to get a job working at a fast food restaurant and I was making $1.80 an hour. It's been a while. Okay. And my very first car, I bought a 68 Mustang for $500. I mean, back then they were just used cars. So it was mid seventies when I bought it. Okay. And the first time I got in that car and drove away, I drove past our, my high school. I drove out of town. I drove out of the county. And for the first time in my life, I felt a freedom that I could go anywhere. It was my first exploration on my own. I wasn't answering to anybody. Nobody knew where I was. I didn't even know where I was because I got lost. (laughs) And there was such, yeah, there was such a freedom in that. I mean, I spend a lot of time out on the ocean now, uh, whale watching and and, Mm -hmm. and doing certain excursions. And there's a point when you get out to the ocean that you're so far out that you don't know the direction of land. There is such a freedom in that. Mm-hmm. And that I eat that up. And so that, that was my very first experience of being able to, to, to go out on my own and just realize just how powerful it is to, uh, to live and not be stuck in that nine to five. I still had to go back to high school the next day. I still had to go back to my part-time job. I still had my responsibilities at home. But there was that moment, that insight of, wow, there's such freedom in this. And it stuck with me now for what, 40 years. That sounds like, <laughs> I'm, I'm already visualizing like a part of a movie. <laughs> like I'm already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had my eight track tape player, you know, it's just driving down the road, you know, back, you know, these back roads in Ohio. The, the, oh. <laughs> Playing music with my window down, being this teenager, and and uh, yeah, that has literally stuck with me all my life. And and uh, what a gift we all have that if we could remember that and get hungry for that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what was yours? Um, actually, mine. Uh, it wasn't that. It was uh, actually I was traveling by train. I was actually visiting someone, but it was the first time traveling by myself. It was rather a short trip. It wasn't long, but it was the first time when my parents uh, felt like they can trust me enough to let me go by myself. I think it. I was also I think it was probably 14 years old. 13, something like that. And I was just going basically from my home to, like I was visiting a family friend. So I had to travel. It was probably like two, three hours kind of a ride. It was not that long. But the fact that I was alone in a train where I wouldn't know anyone, it was amazing. And ever since then, or maybe earlier, but I don't remember it that well, I kept loving and I still love doing this, uh, watching people because it's kind of, or at least back in my country, it's easy for me to blend in. Um, So nobody necessarily would notice me. So I would really love noticing other people. And uh, later in life, I started writing little stories as in imagining, like I would just see, for example, a person reading a book and I will make a whole story about <laughs> uh, the person's life. Or I would just hear like a bit of a conversation on the phone. And I would write little stories of, about how their life could be. Or I don't know. I was just romantized. Like, I don't know. I was just like fantasizing a world in within a world, if I can say something like that. Yeah, what a gift that is. I mean, what a natural writer, a storyteller that you are on that. That's mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> I'm still doing this like uh, I love yeah. it the most I love it when I'm like I've been recently to New York and I love the subway I know everybody hates the subway in New York I might be the only one that I love it so much there are so many stories in just one like meter square it's like it's amazing I love like I'm trying to not really stare at people but I'm still really looking at them and then Kind of, I'm not writing that much anymore, but I'm still imagining 
their life and where they are going or where they left or something like that. Yeah, it's everybody's got an amazing story to tell. And I think if we can give ourselves permission to, to live that and to see just really the journey that we've had to get us where we are now and take that knowledge and wisdom into the next part, the next, I, I use the word phase of our lives. And, and what do we want to do today? Sitting on a bus is a circus. It's an enormous amount of people. Mm-hmm. There's so many different cultures, so, so many different ideas. It's a buffet of people that are just living their lives. We get to see it firsthand. What a gift. What a gift. And the thing is that I'm not only um, being like so, like paying attention only to people. I'm also doing that, especially when I'm in a new place to like, I'm paying attention to everything I'm passing by, like being, I don't know, doors or like a window on the sixth floors by, you know, I'm just passing by a building or um, I'm always the one that has, is noticing that someone is in the window on the second floor and watching back at me or <laughs> these little things. I really love it. And I didn't realize that not so many people observe this because, um, or I, I didn't know about that up until I was just with other people and I would just all of a sudden stop and the person would just keep on walking and I'm like, wait, look at this thing, which might not be exciting for anyone else. But for me, it's like, oh, this is amazing. Look, like I've never seen, I don't know, like a little flower drawn on a, on a brick. Or I don't know, <laughs> might be anything. Well, what you, you really bring up an amazing point because I know for me, I'd been taught to really pay more attention to what my mind was saying about something than the thing itself. So this inner Mm -hmm. journey, right? So this inner journey is as I'm walking past something, I'm able to notice notice whatever bias might come up, whatever likes might come up, whatever things that might want me to say yes to it or not say to it. Now, as a human being, we have the ability to kind of listening to that, like it's a radio playing, playing, it's, it's information, it's, you know, our thoughts aren't instructions. It's just information that's up there, you know, randomly popping up sometimes based on where we're at. So I can watch as I go through somewhere, there's an internal uh, <laughs> mental mental circus going on as if I've put sticky notes on everything. Ooh, I like that. I just like that. <laughs> and then if I think that's actual reality then I'll avoid the things that my mind says I should and, and that has its place believe me some berries I don't want to eat right we remember those things yeah yeah right but as I'm traveling I have to realize that I'm not just taking a physical experience I'm taking a mental experience because there's some things within me I'd like to update because I'm finding a lot of it isn't true it was based on fear it was based on worry it was based on things that was put into me when I was younger and hey, all of that is great when it when it's right but as I get older, I'm really realizing that most of what allows me to go explore is the fact that I've stopped being attached to those ancient ideas and beliefs that had been put in me of fear and insecurity about this, that, or the other, and really allowing me to explore in ways that I wouldn't if I still was locked into those ideas and beliefs. Now, I, I, everything has its place. There's no you know, right, wrong, completely on, on what I'm saying here. It is a personal experience, but what a freedom when, as you're saying, walking down the street, what do I see that the next person doesn't see? And that started my entire journey. Why is it that two people can have the same or similar experience and come out differently? Why is it that I can walk right next to you and I see things differently than you will, even though we're in the exact same position because we're making something of it differently in our mind. And the more we recognize that, the better we can share this amazing experience with others, which is why sometimes it's better to do it on our own because we're not having to compare mental experiences in the same physical experience. Exactly, exactly. Because like, as you you bring your, or you see the world through your experiences, right? Yes. So uh, yeah, exactly. This is why sometimes it's easier when you're not, 
traveling with someone else. However, so we, we've been talking about traveling and uh, the benefits of it, let's say. Uh, but uh, do you encounter any kind of challenges in your travels? And if you do, what do you do to overcome them? Well, I think the challenge really comes to what we were just talking about. It's, it's understanding that each of us are going to have a physical experience and each of us is going to have a mental experience and that it's not up to me to decide what experience you have. That, that it's yours and that you know, I'm in charge of my experience. And when you can have a group of individuals approach this moment, this event, this location, whatever experience it is, with the freedom of each one of us free to have our individual experience while we're having a group experience, that I don't always have to eat the same thing you want to eat. I don't have to always do what all those things are that the real challenge is meeting individuals that have some of the same unbinding, the, the same freedoms that they found. And, you know, it's not, I'm not better than, I'm not judging, I'm just a human being like everyone else is. But I think the biggest challenge is allowing each of us to have both our individual experience and understand there's also a shared experience. And I think the more that with whoever we're with, whatever we're doing to be able to sort of keep that in the back of our mind. I think the better the experiences, I think the greater the freedom is. So if there's any challenge for me, it's, rem it's remembering that I'm, I'm just a human being here having an amazing experience and I have that right. I also have responsibilities, but I also care enough to understand that, that each one of us has that same right and to love and have that compassion. But it's taken, and I turned 57 in a couple of weeks. It's taken, it took time for me to undo a lot of what I had been taught. And it's not because it was bad, not because family or neighborhood was bad, but because it was true then, but it's not true now. And some of it I choose not to be true now. Mm -hmm. That's the journey we're all on. We're on, as you say, we're on that inner and outer journey. Mm -hmm. The more we understand that, my goodness, the better this experience can be for us and for those around us. Fully agreed. However, I'm curious if um, the way that you see the world now, is there a country or a place where you would never go? Ah, so if it's true that, and I find this true for me and, and the individuals that I passed some of this on to, uh, if, if it is true that my internal environment, the thoughts, ideas, and beliefs that I choose to follow internally is my choice, and the outside world, the countries that you may be talking about or the ideas or whatever that may be, that that might be chosen by someone else, by a president of a country or by a military or by whatever might happen. Um, if the outside world is chosen for us in many ways and the inside world is chosen by us, that means that I can actually go anywhere and my inner world is just as peaceful regardless of the outside world. Now, that in mind, there are places that may not be physically safe to go, and that can change from time to time. So depending on where I might want to go, even in the United States, there's some areas that may not be as physically safe as others, but that, that's the outside part. But the inner part, that's the part we as individuals control no matter what. And so I always want to make sure that as I travel, that my inner environment is that which I'm choosing, even though that external environment might be something that was chosen for me. I'm driving past a building that was already built. I'm driving past you know, a particular city or town that, that might be under siege or might be under some, some difficulty that they're having. And as long as we can remember that, then I think we can pretty much travel anywhere. But it's really listening to that inner wisdom of I have both that inner world 
And is it physically safe to go there in the outer world? So there's absolutely nowhere on earth that I would not go. However, is it wise in that moment? And that's my, uh, my yardstick on what I would do and when I would do it. Six years from now, it might be good to go there. Right now, it may, may not be. But it really is understanding the difference between the inner and external world. I hope that helps. Yes, yes, it does. It actually uh, reminds me, I've recently seen like a, a TED uh, talk. And uh, the title of the TED talk was something like, don't ask where I'm from, ask where I'm a local. And then I still remember the quote that really like made an impact over me is when uh, the speaker said, history was real, cultures were real, but countries were invented. And she was, because she's of course coming from a mixed family, being born in one country, living in another and so on. But then she's referring to how countries can come and go in a lifetime, as in, as we are now, there are countries who uh, were existing I don't know, 20 years ago, and they are completely different and they do not exist on the map anymore nowadays and so on. So how do you feel about that? Like history was real, cultures were real, but countries were invented. Yeah, and I think, you know, if we look at cultures, I mean, I think culture really, if you look at some of the history of understanding that culture was really the adaptation of what it took to live in that particular environment, that particular food, that particular game, that particular weather. And mm -hmm. so culture really is the result of that. I think if you really look at, and, and, and I go back to uh, an amazing quote, and, and I don't have it verbatim, but I know the meaning behind it. That when one of the first astronauts went into space, he looked down on earth and he realized that there weren't lines between um, states. There wasn't lines between countries. There were literally one human family. So when you look at the idea of, of culture, you look at the idea of countries, you look, these are great, but it's not as authentic. It's not as real as the elemental. The human family is one human family, no different than the fact that we can then break that up by beliefs. So which came first, the human family? or the ideas about the human family, the idea about certain food, the ideas about certain skin color, the idea about religions. What came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, mm -hmm. the human being or the ideas and beliefs that the human being had? Because it's no different than a baby. We are born into belief systems already in progress, not with them. Mm -hmm. So separate the difference between that, that. To me, that is where the real freedom lies. And then you can approach any culture, any idea, any belief, knowing that these are things that we've learned to live out. These are things that we've learned to live by, but it doesn't take away the humanity of the individual there. Totally. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't take away the humanity, for sure. Um, I think I'm uh, reaching my last question here, and I know you kind of answered in uh, throughout the interview, but if you can um, tell me or like sum up, uh, what did traveling teach you? Mm. I'm not alone. I'm I'm not the only person in this planet um, that. I have a lot to learn and a lot that I've learned applied for that moment. And we are each capable of adapting and growing. I've learned that I love people. I, I, I have to say there was a time in my life that I was not, I was quite far from being a people person and you know, it's, it's what has travel done, the inner journey and the external journey. It's really shown me that this whole experience is a playground. And it's only when we forget that do we kind of live the other and it becomes really hard. And then collectively we help each other make it hard where we can also help make it easy. And, I, and that's the gift. We each come here 
to decide for ourselves. But if we don't know how we're deciding, if we don't understand what ideas and beliefs we're utilizing to decide, then it's kind of hard to adapt. So travel has shown me without a doubt, freedom, adaptation, love, laughter. Um, it's shown me that um, there's some things that I would prefer not to experience as well. We have that available. Uh, I forever didn't want to eat escargot or chicken feet or other things. Since then, I've had uh, balut and kimchi. I've, I've had amazing foods from different cultures. And out of all of it so far, uh, chicken feet. Uh, I'm okay with not doing that again. But that's really what it's all about. It's freedom. That's what travel has given me that I didn't really have before. I had it growing up. I had that experience and somewhere along the line, it got lost, but it's still there, I promise. I like, I, I really love the way how you, how you said that um, you also learn about things that you don't want. You also learn, because I hear a lot of people saying that uh, they have no limits or you know, something in between those lines. And I'm like, that's, that's nonsense. We still need some limits. You still need to know. I mean, as much as I really love exploring, there are still some things that I don't want to do because they are they don't feel well to me. So, like as you were mentioning about the food, I tried in Peru guinea pig, and that's gonna be the first and the last time ever I'm gonna put my mouth on that. Um, basically, but that's like, okay, I had the curiosity. It didn't like it. I'm moving on. Um, but yeah, I like the fact how you said about, um, yeah, so you learned about your limitations as well. And then I think through traveling, it's easier to accept them. Like whatever limitations you might have, physically speaking, or also internally, but you learn it so much better through traveling. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really experiencing, to experience anything outside your own bubble of life, your mm -hmm. own comfort zone, if you're constantly staying in that comfort zone. And, and for many, I mean, I have certain members of my family that has lived in a particular area of the country their whole life. They've never gone further than, than 150 miles away from that area. They're in their 40s. They've never traveled more than outside their own state. And I get that. I understand that. But me, I, you know, I had that experience younger. And I'm like, I want more of that. I, I ended up joining the military when I turned 17. I, I saw things. I experienced things. You know, I always thought that Taco Bell hot sauce was the hottest thing in the world as a kid. And then I go into the military, I meet people from all over, and I'm meeting ghost peppers and this and that. And I'm realizing some of the hottest food in the world is out there that I had no idea existed. So yeah, <laughs> life's a playground. Go play. There's going to be a time where we can't. Do it now while you still can. I don't want to ruin the moment with adding anything else. It's a perfect <laughs> way of ending the podcast. This episode, I love it. Yes, life, yes. Life is a playground indeed. Play uh, as much as you can, when you can. Yes. Um, so I think this would be the end of our conversation. Is there anything else you would like to add? Alina, I'm just grateful to be here. I'm, I'm hoping that this brought, you know, value to your amazing listeners. And, and you know, I look forward to hearing more about your journeys. I, I've really enjoyed listening to uh, your, your, your travels and meeting you now. And, and I'm just grateful and thankful to have had this opportunity with you. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Yes, I love it. It's a new perspective that I'm bringing into my uh, podcast uh, with your help. And I'm really happy that we managed to have this conversation. You have an amazing day. And thank you again so much. Thank you as well. This concludes today's episode. If you like it, don't forget to subscribe to Traveling Inside Out on any platform you're listening to your podcast on. 
if you are interested in becoming a guest on my podcast you just have to get in touch with me on uh, alina's wonders on twitter uh, facebook or you can even message me on my website which is alina's wonders again but on wix.com and uh, you can even send me a voice message on my uh, uh, on my own podcast on anchor that's it until next time Stay true to yourself and follow your dreams. Bye!